Arsenal for Democracy is freely available weekly at arsenalfordemocracy.com or Apple and Stitcher. And we're supported by some listeners at patreon.com slash arsenalfordemocracy for $3 a month. The show is recorded and produced by me, Bill Humphrey, in Newton, Massachusetts. Our theme music is produced by Stuntbird. Follow us on Facebook or at AFD Radio on Twitter. The show is not affiliated with any campaign committee, and each participant's opinions are their own. This man is your man. This man is my land. California. The New York Island. The Redwood Forest. The Gulf Stream Waters. This man was made you and me. You're listening to Arsenal for Democracy, episode 451, recorded on Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Bill Humphrey. Joining me on the line from Idaho, as always, is Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Bill. This week on the show, we're discussing that kitchen appliance many of us know and love, and some among us still haven't adopted even now, the microwave oven. It's another in a long line of consumer technologies we've covered that emerged in the United States out of military and defense research. Before we get started, some sources used throughout this episode are the following three books. The Invention That Changed the World, How a Small Group of Radar Pioneers Won the Second World War and Launched a Technological Revolution by Robert Buderi. The Way Kitchens Work, The Science Behind the Microwave, Teflon Pan, Garbage Disposal, and More by Ed Sobey. And Scientific American Inventions and Discoveries, All the Milestones in Ingenuity from the Discovery of Fire to the Invention of the Microwave Oven by Rodney Carlyle. And, uh, you know, I think there's a few things from the Wikipedia page for Microwave Oven, although I don't think we relied too heavily on that one this time. And uh, we also mentioned in the notes at various points a few other sources used more narrowly. So, Rachel, what is the origin of the microwave oven? So what began as post-World War II research into particle acceleration and electromagnetic wave generation became a convenient way to heat and reheat food in the home. So after World War II, equipment that had been used for radar systems was being kind of pulled apart and used for research purposes. And one of those radar components, magnetrons, was used to generate small electromagnetic or quote-unquote micro waves. Um, So some waves are super long wavelength um, waves. They can be as long as a football field. But these magnetrons were generating these microwaves, which have a wavelength of more like Uh, on the scale of inches and centimeters rather than yards or miles. So these waves had a high enough energy to accelerate particles to never before seen levels. And so getting into the discovery of microwaves in, in the food preparation realm, the story of the discovery that microwaves could heat up food has a veneer of incredibility and seems to sound like most cutesy stories about an inventor stumbling upon his creation. Um, While studying magnetrons for Massachusetts-based defense contractor Raytheon in 1945, engineer Percy Spencer noticed his hand growing warm and a bar of chocolate in his pocket had melted. So after Spencer put two and two together, he then tried putting a bag of popcorn near the magnetron and the kernels popped accordingly. His third experiment wasn't a culinary success, but it is a common one for the naive microwave oven cook. He tried to cook a raw egg in the shell which subsequently exploded. But the concept of microwave's ability to cook food had been thoroughly proven. So after this discovery, uh, Raytheon president Lawrence K. Marshall launched an initiative to bring magnetron-based ovens to industrial kitchens, 
as well as a contest to give the new appliance a name. The winning name was two words, Radar Range, which later was shortened to the snappier Radar Range. So Raytheon released the Ra the Radar Range in 1947, but it was a behemoth uh, weighing in a, a pretty shocking 750 pounds. It was also very expensive, and it consumed three times the electricity of modern microwave ovens. So the first Radar Range was a marketing flop. Raytheon licensed its patents for a home-use oven to Tapan, which introduced their model in 1955, but it was still too cumbersome and expensive for wide adoption. Although some commercial food businesses did acquire microwave ovens over the intervening years to help speed up food service, it wasn't until 1967, with the introduction of Raytheon subsidiary Amana Corporation's first countertop model, featuring the modern short and wide box configuration, that microwave ovens were more popular for domestic at-home use. And as microwave ovens became more affordable in the following decades, adoption in the United States and abroad increased rapidly. As more American women were joining the workforce at the end of the 1960s and into the 1970s, particularly as inflation eroded the purchasing power of household income and the reactionary post-war pressure against middle-class white women working was weakening, microwave oven marketing in the United States honed in on these potential customers, who were presumably desperate to save time in preparing meals. The suburban mom and wife demographic had already been heavily sold on flash-frozen TV dinners since the end of the 1940s, some two decades earlier, but those meals still often required a half hour or more to prepare with a traditional oven. Now the microwave oven would be able to heat up those same prepackaged meals in just a few minutes. Those prepared meals continued to take off in popularity and market share as microwave ovens made them even more convenient. And that's according to a blog post on the topic uh, at the University of Mary Washington's website. Eventually, as marriage itself declined in the following decades, divorced dads presumably also became a target market for microwave ovens as well. As a side note, I did read various conflicting articles and books about the role of microwave ovens in women's lives and home workloads in the 20th century United States, but I didn't really land on any conclusive insights because a lot of the research has conflicting results or conclusions sometimes because of the author or researcher's ideological objectives either way, and sometimes because there were differences among women by class or race that were overly flattened for the sake of a simpler study. Academics in different fields couldn't agree on how much time women were devoting to, to housework in various generations, and so their conclusions on the role of technology would obviously differ as well. One book seemed to assume earlier generations all had servants, while a different article seemed to assume no American women had ever worked outside the home before a certain era. Obviously, both of these assumptions don't make much sense. So we might come back to this issue of time-saving technologies and feminist implications or not in a wider look at home housework technologies in general, but microwave ovens were usually only given as a passing example of that broader question anyway, so for that reason I left them out of the uh, sources and the notes for this week's episode. So, Rachel, how do microwave ovens work? So, the oven bombards the food with electromagnetic radiation generated by those uh, aforementioned magnetrons. Uh, the microwaves have a wavelength of five inches, which pass through the glass and plastic of a food container, much like visible light passes through, which is why the food is heated faster than the container. Similarly, the microwaves can pass through the glass in the door, which is why there is a metal screen uh, used on the door to prevent those uh, microwaves from passing through. Visible light with a shorter wavelength can pass through the openings in the screen of the, of the door, 
but the longer microwaves are stopped and blocked. Um, so these microwaves uh, are absorbed by the water, fats, and sugar molecules in food, and this absorption of the microwave radiation causes them to vibrate at a high speed. Um, water, fats, and sugar molecules are polar with a positive and negative end, and they align with the electric field created by the microwaves. The electric field changes millions of times per second, and this constant realignment of the electric field causes the motion of the molecules, which generates heat and cooks the food. Modern microwave ovens still use a magnetron, which is a type of vacuum tube, to generate the microwaves by emitting a controlled flow of electrons. The magnetron requires a high voltage direct, direct current of 2,000 to 3,000 volts. To get the current that high, the oven includes a transformer, which constitutes the majority of the weight of the microwave oven itself. Inside the magnetron, the voltage is applied to a filament, with, which generates a stream of electrons down the inside of the tube. As the electrons are emitted from the filament, circular magnets force the flow of electrons into a spiral configuration. And the spiraling beam of electrons passes by cavities in the inside of the tube, inducing a high-frequency radiation that is emitted from the end of the tube into the cooking chamber. In some microwave oven models, a stirrer rotates above the food at a speed of about 60 revolutions per minute. And the fan-like blades of the stirrer interrupt the flow of radiation and scatters it more evenly throughout the cooking chamber to heat the food more evenly, which sounds fake, but it's totally real. Um, it makes sense scientifically, but it just sounds, sounds very fake and cartoony. Um, the turntable that the food sits on rotates the food during heating, and that is also to heat food more evenly. So it's all to ensure a better, even, more even cook. One common myth of microwaves is that it cooks from the inside out. Um, anyone who has ever cooked a frozen burrito in a microwave knows that that is not the case. What does affect the heat penetration is the composition of the different layers of food. So if an inner layer of food has more water molecules than a drier outer layer, the inner layer can get hotter due to the vibration of the water molecules. Uh, similarly, if an inner layer has a lower heat capacity than an outer, outer layer, it can reach a higher temperature during the cooking time. However, in most cases, the microwave penetrates through the outer layers evenly, and food is cooked from the outside in. And there are some limitations to microwave cooking. It is a convenient cooking or heating method for many foods, but there are those limitations. Uh, this method of cooking doesn't produce a high enough temperature to produce a Maillard reaction, so it isn't effective for browning or caramelizing foods, such as steak or other cuts of meats. Um, it would result in a really bland, really sad gray uh, steak or other uh, cut of meat. Uh, one exception is bacon with its high fat content. Um, it can cook quite effectively in the oven and, and get really nice and crispy um, in the microwave oven. Um, another limitation is uh, baking often requires time to create the desired structure and crumb of the final result, which makes microwave cooking less than optimal. Uh, one exception to that is mug cake, where the volume of batter is smaller and the actual structure of the final cake is provided by the mug. Um, but typically, uh, microwave cooking is kind of pretty limited to a specific set of foods or for reheating food. Um, one other myth of microwave cooking is that it makes foods less nutritious, but that is not the case. Uh, the increased speed of cooking means that water-soluble nutrients have less time to leach out into cooking water. Um, quoting from the Wikipedia article on microwave ovens, uh, quote, spinach retains nearly all its folate when cooked in a microwave oven. 
When boiled, it loses about 77%, leaching nutrients into the cooking water. Bacon cooked by microwave oven has significantly lower levels of nitrosamines than conventionally cooked bacon. Steamed vegetables tend to maintain more nutrients when microwaved than when cooked on a stovetop. Microwave blanching is three to four times more effective than boiled water blanching for retaining of the water-soluble vitamins, folate, thiamine, and riboflavin, with the exception of vitamin C, of which 29% is lost, compared to with a 16% loss with boiled water blanching, end quote. Just as a note, the thing about the bacon, if you don't know what nitrosamines are, they're uh, carcinogen. So in that case, it's good to have less of that, apparently. Now, according to the FDA.gov website, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has regulated the manufacture of microwave ovens since 1971. Microwave oven manufacturers are required to certify their products and meet safety performance standards created and enforced by the FDA to protect the public health. On the basis of current knowledge about microwave radiation, the agency believes that ovens that meet the FDA standard and are used according to the manufacturer's instructions are safe for use. So... The big risk uh, in terms of a safety standpoint uh, is from the hot food or liquids themselves, not from radiation or electromagnetic signals, but that is because of how much regulation there is on the design of microwave ovens to ensure there is not leakage or malfunctions. Quoting again from the FDA website, Through its Centers for Devices and Radiological Health, the FDA sets and enforces standards of performance for electronic products to assure that radiation emissions do not pose a hazard to public health. A federal standard, uh, 21 CFR 1030.10, limits the amount of microwaves that can leak from an oven throughout its lifetime to 5 milliwatts of microwave radiation per square centimeter at approximately 2 inches from the oven's surface. This limit is far below the level known to harm people. Microwave energy also decreases dramatically as you move away from the source of radiation. A measurement made 20 inches from an oven would be approximately 1 100th of the value measured at 2 inches from the oven. The standard also requires all ovens to have two independent interlock systems that stop the production of microwaves the moment the latch is released or the door is opened. So obviously people are familiar with that. You push uh, the button to release the door. It's going to stop even if you haven't actually stopped the timer manually. In addition, a monitoring system stops the oven operation in case one or both of the interlock systems fail. All ovens must have a label stating that they meet the safety standard. In addition, the FDA requires that all ovens have a label explaining precautions for use. This requirement may be dropped if the manufacturer has proven that the oven will not exceed the allowable leakage limit even if used under the conditions cautioned against on the label. To make sure the standard is met, FDA tests microwave ovens in its own laboratory. The FDA also evaluates manufacturers' radiation testing and quality control programs at their factories. End quote. So while microwaving food is mostly safe, some factors should be taken into consideration. The container must be marked as microwave safe. Of most concern is whether microwave cooking in plastic containers leaches toxic chemicals into foods. Uh, Plastic containers marked as microwave safe have been determined by the FDA to withstand microwave oven temperatures with no ill effect to the material. Um, It is not recommended to reuse one-time use plastic containers, such as microwavable soup containers, or containers that aren't marked as microwave safe, such as butter or yogurt containers that are often repurposed as leftover containers. Um, Another safety concern is internal cooking temperature. As previously discussed, food is cooked from the outside in. 
Um, often, microwave cooking directions advise allowing the food to remain in the microwave after cooking for a few minutes. Uh, this is to allow the heat to penetrate all the way to the center of the food and raise the temperature up to a safe level. Uh, failure to do so will not ensure that any foodborne bacteria in the food has reached a temperature that will kill it. So it's really important to follow those guidelines, those directions, and make sure that the internal temperature reaches a food safe level. And Rachel, you would know because that's related to your actual job. Yeah. Foodborne act- illness prevention. Yep. If it if it doesn't reach an adequate temperature, it won't kill those foodborne bacteria or the toxins that, that they produce. So very important. The other thing that people tend to worry about these days with microwave ovens is their carbon footprint in terms of both the day-to-day power usage and also the production and disposal life cycles. There have been various studies over the years on these questions, but it can be a bit hard to assess in comparative terms because other kitchen cooking methods like induction stoves, gas ranges, and charcoal burners all have their own various greenhouse emission consequences directly or indirectly. On another note, the rise of the office job has elevated the microwave oven to an essential appliance for lunch hour efficiency. So rather than eating cold leftovers, going out for lunch, or getting takeout being the only options, the microwave has opened up a world of break room fine dining. But with great cooking power comes great responsibility. Microwaves are often the nucleus around which office battles over etiquette are formed. Uh, One cardinal sin is not cleaning up after making messes. It is universally stated that if you make a mess with food spatters or spills in the microwave, you are then tasked with cleaning it up before it petrifies into a film that requires industrial solvents and a chisel to remove. However, the experts disagree on one commandment that used to be etched into stone, thou shalt not microwave fish or other fragrant foods. Uh, Bon Appetit's Alice Whitney is firmly in the no camp, while Washington Post's Jacob Brogan argues that rules about microwaving fragrant foods often hides an antipathy towards non-Western cuisines. With that said, overheating fragrant foods might just end up rendering them inedible. Heating up fish for more than a minute at most will result in sad, rubbery fish, and overheating broccoli, cauliflower, and other cruciferous veggies will leave you with unpalatable mush. And I think everyone can agree, uh, going all the way back to Percy Spencer, that burnt microwave popcorn is a crime against offices everywhere and should be abolished. Well, Rachel, any big takeaways on the history of the microwave oven? Um, I did run into one factoid that did kind of uh, ease my mind. Um, I have noticed my microwave oven will uh, interfere with listening to Bluetooth headphones, and I worried that that um, demonstrated some leakage that had formed over time and my microwave was unsafe. But uh, even when microwave ovens are shielded, they still emit low levels of microwave radiation that isn't at harmful levels to humans, but it does cause interference to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and other devices that communicate on the 2.45 gigahertz wave band, um, particularly close range. So if I'm cooking something, reheating something close to the microwave, and um, I happen to be listening to a podcast or music on my Bluetooth headphones, um, I'm not damaging myself. I'm not absorbing um, dangerous radiation that is only detectable through those headphones. Um, it is just kind of pretty benign interference. So that eased my mind. I was afraid that my microwave was starting to leak, um, starting to become dangerous over time, but it is not. So that that eased my mind quite a bit. 
Yeah, and these days, things like pacemakers and so forth are shielded as well. So that had been another concern for pe that people had for a while, even if it wasn't clear whether or not there were interference effects. But that's pretty much in the rearview mirror as well. Yeah. As always, it's an interesting trend line of these defense technologies getting turned into civilian consumer uses, certainly something we've seen, and specifically even in the food sector with canned foods coming out of the uh, Napoleonic War and then the Civil War. Yeah, it's an interesting through line that so many uh, technologies that become uh, convenient for home use do have these roots in the defense sector. And as usual, that's because of the capital being put in by the government during the wartime to uh, buy all the expensive technologies or pay for all the expensive inventions. And then after that, it's just, well, mess around with it after the war and figure out if there's any other use for it. Rachel, thanks so much for coming on this week to talk about the history of the microwave oven. And obviously, as we said, there's a whole bunch of different things that came up over the course of this, like, you know, with TV dinners and uh, other feminist implications around home technologies and things. So there's going to be a lot more content for uh, other technologies as we widen out from here. Yeah, I look forward to, to looking into these subjects more.